Welcome everyone to another episode of the Blade Hockey Podcast, episode 84. Um, didn't get to do one last week, uh, mainly because of scheduling conflicts and the fact that my uh, MacBook was out of commission, um, but it's back in, it's back online, and uh, we're back online. Um, although this is going to be the second in a row audio-only version of the episode, um, although checking the old schedule it looks like unless i film on the third of december and upload on the fourth we might have three straight weeks uh or three straight episodes where it's a uh, audio only so uh, if you if you do watch the uh or would care for the video versions um there may or may not be one but there will be an audio version uh for sure but diving into the, well, I guess let's circle back to uh, the fact that didn't have an episode last week, so didn't get to do the standings roundup uh, and seeing how the divisions standings have changed, um, which is quite interesting to say the least. Um, the first time this season, um, we have a division that didn't change a single spot from the previous uh, week, um, which is interesting. Actually, it happens twice, um, which we'll get into uh, right now, actually. Um, so the standings, I'm going to give just to fill in the blanks. I'm not going to do like, oh, well, I'm going week by week by week, uh, all the other episodes. And because I didn't have an episode last week that I have a two week gap. No, well, I'm going to bridge that gap right now. Uh, so the standing roundup that would have been last episode, um, going into your Atlantic division, uh, going from bottom to top, uh, as we do it, um, Ottawa Senators still last place, uh, spoiler alert, uh, with a record of four, 10 and one. And keep in mind these, and just saying these standings are, uh, retroactive, as of November 21st, so bridging that gap once again. Um, yeah, Ottawa, last place once again. Montreal, seventh place once again with a record of 5, 13, and 2. Uh, Buffalo Sabres dropped down one spot from fifth to sixth place, uh, falling down kind of where you know you would expect them because uh, you know beginning of the season they were on the little win streak, and um, yeah, and. They were in the playoff bubble, as you say, and sure enough, in typical Buffalo fashion, falling, falling right back down the basement of their division as they deserve to be, uh, with a record of 7-7-2. Seven, seven, uh, the Boston Bruins, with a record of 9-5-0, oh, uh, jump up one spot from 6-5. The Detroit Red Wings uh, drop down one spot from 3rd to 4th, and their division, the Atlantic Division, on the 21st of November, as well as currently, uh, do not have a rep, uh, representative to hold a wild card spot, so they would be considered out of the playoff bubble, uh, dropping down one spot from third to fourth with a record of eight, nine, and three. The Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, slowly but surely, they had a slow start to the season, um, slowly climbing back up to the rankings. They're now at uh, third in their division uh, as of the 21st of November. Uh, with a record of nine four and three, 
jumping up one spot from fourth to third. The Toronto Maple Leafs, with a record of 12-6-1, hold the second uh, in the league spot once again, so they did not jump up or down. And the Florida Panthers, uh, in the same boat, uh, holding their position of first yet again with a record of 13-2-3. So it's good to see, at least in the Florida Panthers side of things, uh, after Joel Quenville stepping down because um, the whole um, 2010 Chicago Blackhawks thing, um, that it wasn't the coach uh, that's driving this team. It's legitimately just a, the personnel that's there and just the way that their schemes are going. So it's good to see that uh, Coach Q, at least as it seems right now, uh, is not the driving force uh, for how well this Florida Panthers team is playing. Uh, Metropolitan Division is the first division this year um, to not have a single change whatsoever from last week. So, um, in eighth place, the New York Islanders, uh, which we'll get into a little bit of a news story at the uh, the other half of the show. Um, find compelling. Also, kind of the reason why they're as low in the standings as they are. Uh, with a record of 5-7-2. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins with a record of 7-6-4, 7th place. Columbus Blue Jackets with a record of 9-6-0, 6th place. Uh, New York, uh, not New York, New Jersey holding the second wildcard spot for the East in the 5th place with a record of 8-5-3. And, and Philadelphia holding the 4th place with the same record, 8-5-3. Holding that first wildcard spot, I'll go, I guess technically it's not a 1 or a 2, it's just tied. New York, uh, New York Rangers with a record of 10-4-3, uh, holding the third place spot. Washington Capitals hold the second place spot of the record 11-2-5. And, and the Carolina Hurricanes, number one, once again with a record of 14-2-1. No, 14-2-0. My bad. 14-2-0. Uh, holding it down. Uh, Central Division, not a lot of changes, really. Um, Arizona stayed in eighth place. Eight, Eighth place with a record of three thirteen and two, Chicago seventh place with a record of five five ten and two. They're starting to get something going, so I'd imagine that they may start to see their ascent up the rankings soon, uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, the Dallas Stars also kind of in that same boat, starting to get something going, um, and they should be starting their ascent as well with a record of seven seven and two, uh, staying. Which Arizona, Chicago, and Dallas staying in the same place as they were the previous week. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche with a record of eight five and one, holding the fifth place spot. Uh, once again, staying at the fifth place. Uh, once again, circa November of uh, November twenty first of this month uh, of this year. <clears throat> Nashville Predators holding the uh, second wild card spot in the West with a record of nine seven and one. Uh, holding that down again uh, for another week at the fourth place spot. The St. Louis Blues dropping down two spots from first to third with a record of 9-6-2. and two. Uh, Winnipeg Jets holding the record 9-4-4, four, and four, jumping up one spot from third to second. Um, and top of the Central Division, the Minnesota Wild with a record of 11-6-0, oh, uh, jumping up one spot from second to first. And in, in the Pacific Division... Uh, in the basement, Seattle, uh, with a record of 4, 12, and 1, uh, holding that down for another week. 
Vancouver with a record of 6-10-2, holding that down for yet another week. San Jose with a record of 8-8-1 in the 6th place, holding that once again. LA Kings fall out of the uh, wild card spot with a, into 5th place with a record of 8-7-2, uh, dropping down one spot from 4th to 5th. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights starting their ascent as all their guys that were un- uh, that weren't healthy, uh, they were all now TIR coming back um, and playing uh, with a record of 11-7-0, jumping up one spot from 5th to 4th, and they hold the first wild card in the West. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks holding the third place spot with a record of 10-5-3, dropping down one spot from 2nd to 3rd. Uh, the Calgary Flames holding the second place spot with a record of 10-3-5, jumping up one spot from 3rd to 2nd. And the Edmonton Oilers holding the first place spot with a record of 13-4-0 and, oh, and holding that spot for yet another week until today where the update to the rankings. So this time in the West, so just to kind of expedite the, the process, um, thankfully the... Atlantic Division didn't change at all. So just like how the for the November 21st that the um, Metropolitan Division didn't change, uh, the Atlantic Division didn't change. So Ottawa, same place, only the record uh, improves to 4-13-1. Uh, I think it was just one extra win. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens with a record of 5-15-2, Buffalo Sabres with a record of 8-10-2, Buff- uh, the Boston Bruins with a record of 10-7-0, and and uh, Detroit with a record of 9-9-3, Tampa Bay with a record of 12-4-3, uh, uh, and no team in the Atlantic still doesn't, they do not hold a uh, wildcard spot at the moment. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs hold the second place spot again with a record of 15-6-1, and the Florida Panthers holding down the first place spot in their division with a record of 14-30-3. Although those overtime losses are helping them keep their number one spot for yet again uh, for them. Uh, the Metropolitan Division, the Rangers, oh, not the Rangers, the uh, Islanders. Uh, still eighth place currently with a record of 5-10-2. Philadelphia Flyers uh, dropping three spots. Uh, from fourth to seventh place, uh, we're starting to get some movement here. With a record of eight, seven, and four, New Jersey Devils fall out of the wild card as well. With a record of eight, six, and four, dropping down one spot from fifth to sixth, the Pittsburgh Penguins jump up two spots from five, seventh to fifth. With a record of ten, six, and two, and they hold the second wild card spot in the East. The Columbus Blue Jackets hold the first wild card spot with a record of twelve, six, and zero. Oh. Jumping up two spots from 6th to 4th. The New York Rangers holding a their third place once again. With a record of 13-4-3. Washington Capitals holding down the second place spot with a record of 13-3-5. And, and the Carolina Hurricanes for yet another week. Hold the number one spot in the Metropolitan Division with a record of 15-3-1. and one. Uh, Central Division here. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes once again. Last place with a record of 14, no, 4, 14, and 2. Chicago Blackhawks stayed 7th place again with a record of 7, 11, and 2. 
Dallas Stars stay at sixth place once again with a record of nine seven and two. Columbus, uh, not Columbus, Colorado holds fifth place once again with a record of ten six and one. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets drop down two spots in into the second wild card spot in the West with a record of nine seven and four in the fourth place spot. Nashville Predators jump up into the top three of the division, third place with a record of eleven eight and one, jumping up one spot from fourth to third. The St. Louis Blues jump up one spot from third to second with a record of ten seven and three. Uh, and number one in the division once again, the Minnesota Wild with a record of thirteen six and one. And rounding out the long and bated breath of the standings, uh, Seattle jumping uh, stays at eighth place with a record of six three thirteen and one. They may look to uh, come out of that bubble soon. Um, depends on how. San Jose and LA are doing uh, kind of in striking distance. Uh, Vancouver, uh, with a record of 6 13 and 2, stay at 7th place once again. LA Kings jump uh, drop down from 5th to 6th with a record of 8 8 and 3. Uh, San Jose jumps up one spot from 6th to 5th with a record of 10 9 and 1. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights standing pat at 4th place with the first wildcard spot with a record of 12 8 and 0. Uh, Anaheim Ducks stay at third place with a record of 11-7-3. Edmonton Oilers jump out, uh, drop out of the first uh, place spot and into second place with a record of 14-5-0. Um, and the Calgary Flames now lead the Pacific Division with a record of 12-3-5. I honestly, yeah, ju- uh, jumping up one spot from second to, thir- uh, second to first, I am kind of intrigued on how well these uh, Alberta teams are playing, especially kind of the Flames. I don't know why. I just kind of had them as like an underdog. Um, I don't even think my my predictions, I even had them that high. Because as I, as I go through all those standings, right, going into what I predicted, some of them are reflected, some aren't. Like, for example, the Calgary Flames, I had at third place. In the division, I also had Edmonton fourth place in the division. I had Vegas number one and Seattle number two, and Seattle's currently last place. Uh, just like how I had Colorado number one, and they're currently number fifth, well number five, in the Central Division. I had Nashville seventh place, and they're number three. Like there's a lot of, a lot of variables at play. Um, but we'll see how it shakes out, you know. It's still kind of early. Um, we're still also kind of dealing with the whole uh, COVID thing uh, right now. So, th- obviously, there's going to be teams that, on paper, should be a lot better than they are. But because personnel are out, you know, find yourself in a situation. Uh, which, that will be on the other half of this episode. So, when we come back from the break, we're going to divulge into some news bits that aren't just me going over standings so uh when we get back uh we'll get to that all right and we're back and uh getting some news here so first off um not a lot of talk about it i don't know if it's if it uh came through or not um if it's been finalized or 
if it was just a like a negotiation maybe um since there wasn't really a lot of uh traction or at least a lot of media coverage that i've seen about it but uh, apparently fenway sports group uh llc uh who owns the boston red sox and various other uh professional sports teams uh it was apparently in talks to bur- uh purchase the pittsburgh penguins uh from mario lemieux and ron burkle uh with a deal that could be upwards of 900 million dollars in worth um although the report would have s- says that the um Purchasing from Mario Lemieux, but apparently Mario Lemieux would still be part owner. So I don't know if maybe if he was like considering selling part of his uh, ownership stake in the uh, in the team, or I guess maybe his name's tied to it because they own he owns he's part owner of the team. But regardless, I guess Ron Burkle might be on his way out, uh, maybe trying to sell his uh, stake in the in the team. Um, but yeah. Per a report from the Wall Street Journal, uh, I tried looking for it. Uh, I didn't see if it was like finalized or not, but apparently that's out there. Um, so if it hasn't already been uh, noted, apparently the Pittsburgh, Peng- uh, Pittsburgh Penguins may be uh, looking for some new ownership. Um, now, whenever we're circling back to the whole um, standings thing, right? Um, especially with the, particularly the Islanders. And how bad their record is currently, um, which is not really subjective to how good of a team that they are, especially with the personnel that they have. They've got the personnel to do, you know, great things. Um, but here's the thing: uh, they they um, got some people on the COVID protocols, and that. With a lot of other teams, especially them and the Ottawa Senators, even though Ottawa Senators are going to be shit regardless, we have high, we had a, a high expectations coming into this season um, with the New Jersey, not New Jersey, New York Islanders, because I had them slated to be number one in the division. But I'm also the same son of a bitch that freaking. Uh, predicted that Carolina, the Her- Carolina Hurricanes, wouldn't even be a a um, a team that's in the playoff bubble. I had them finishing sixth in the division. How wrong I've I I am. And I mean, I mean, we still got a lot of season left, but I I don't see them falling out of a playoff bu- playoff bubble spot anytime soon. So I uh, already seeing that my. Uh, Standings predictions are going to be uh, quite quite wrong, to say the least. But yeah, um, a report that the NHL will be postponing tomorrow as of recording uh, Sunday's game between the New York Islanders and New York Rangers, along with uh, this upcoming Tuesday's game between the New York Islanders and the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, uh, as there is a COVID outbreak inside the, uh, or at least they're describing a outbreak of COVID in the uh, Islanders organization. Uh, there's, there's believed to be eight people uh, involved, including uh, players Anders Lee, Zdeno Chara, Andy Green, Kiefer Bellows, Adam Pellick, Ross Johnston, um, just to name a few. Um, Josh Bailey just came off of that, and he's he's been skating. But yeah, um, 
kind of key guys right there, especially Andrews Lee. Uh, not to say that Charles a key guy, but you know, it'd be great to have basically a big old oak tree, you know, and your uh, your back end to freaking block it and anything that comes his way, uh, and as well as Andy Green. Um, yeah, promising young guy in Kiefer Bellows and then Adam Pellick as well. Um, don't know much about Ross Johnson, but I would imagine he has some sort of a contribution to this team. Um, so hopefully they all heal up and um, they can just let the subside. Just let the, uh, you know, kind of like not not to compare COVID with the cold and all that, but, you know, just get out of the way now while it's still early and then just press on forward. Uh, and that's all, honestly all you can do. Uh, roll with the punches. Like how which I'm going to be talking about the Blues uh, at the end of this episode. Um, about how, you know, injuries and stuff like that is going to be racking up. You know, going to have the uh, protocols as part of it as well. Because um, they, ha- they had their little uh, mini thing to where like every now, you know, like almost after every game there's someone else that's coming off a protocol and coming on a protocol. So... Uh, it's just a matter of getting it, uh, I guess, through the team and just hope that it doesn't uh, creep up later. Um, which actually, while, while we're on that topic, um, the Winter Olympics are going to be coming in two, about like two, two and a half months from now, in February, um, which the NHL does have an out in. So we got to keep that in mind that the NHL tentatively has plans to go to the Olympics this year. Well, yeah, this this time around because they skipped last time. Don't think for a second that if there is a uh, a prime possibility of an outbreak that they don't pull out. Um, that that's always a prospect. So not th- not to take anything for granted here. Um, nothing's set in stone. But um, if we're starting to see these um, outbreaks start to slowly pop up, uh, you could find we could be finding ourselves in a situation where they decide to um, um, skip as a whole the Winter Olympics, which uh, kind of will probably. Ha- Mess, uh, I'll probably anger a lot of uh, the buildings, all the teams' buildings and uh, scheduling. But, um, but hey, you know I don't want to risk throw uh, flying all these players, particularly the high-profile players. You know, um, sending them to the country that the virus came from in the first place um, for the Winter Olympics. Even though I'm pretty sure they're gonna have it locked down, like how Tokyo. Um, they had their little lockdown thing, uh, for the players and all that. I don't know if they're going to have attendance in, uh, China, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, that, that's going to be an interesting, uh, to see for sure. Uh, moving on to waivers here. Uh, well, I'm not going to say like all the waivers, but just some key, uh, key waivers. Uh, the Blues, uh, put Kyle Clifford a couple weeks ago. Or like a week ago, on um, on waivers, uh, he cleared it, and then he immediately got flipped to the Toronto Maple Leafs for future uh, future considerations. So don't know what future c- 
considerations is right now, but I guess that's to be considered in the future. Um, and then Chicago Blackhawks today placed Adam Gaudet on waivers. Uh, he is, it is yet to, uh, oh yeah, yeah, he was claimed by the Ottawa Senators and the Ottawa Senators, uh, placed Matt Murray on waivers, um, to, I guess for a assignment to try to get him back on his game. Cause, uh, as, uh, DJ Smith, uh, the coach for the Ottawa Senators is, Mentioning that you know sending him down because you know he's got a lot he's had a lot of injuries hadn't really had time to uh, get back on his game so it's kind of just like a assignment for that not necessarily like a a cap thing because they got a lot of cap left on their uh, on their books although I wouldn't I would not imagine anyone uh, not not this not anything on Murray but I'm saying I don't see anyone being dumb enough to pick up his six million dollar deal uh off of waivers so just saying and to almost to round out this episode um a the story that is why the title is the title i gotta give it give a a, a big hand uh and not of po- uh, not of positivity not of gr- gratitude or anything kind to the NHL Department of Player Safety. Uh, it's more or less a, a hand, backhand, straight across the face and asking them, like, why are you the way that you are? You know, like, why you got to be so stupid? And I say this because Artemi Panarin, uh, in this past game that the Rangers had against the um, New York Rangers for the uh, Thanksgiving showdown uh, game yesterday, uh, he threw, I guess they were, they, were, they were chirping on the bench, and um, after the fact, I guess uh, it was put out that uh, Brad Marchand was uh, talking about Russia, and Panarin didn't like what he had to say, so he uh, retaliated by throwing his glove at him. Which um, a- AJ Malesko, being the the person in, the, in in between the benches for the broadcast, you know, there for all the action, and um, which I guess not really anyone's place other than Marshand and uh, Pernarin to say what actually happened there, but um, yeah, was throwing a stick, well, not throwing a stick, throwing his glove at him, and. Um, the Department of Player Safety has fined $5,000, uh, Artemi Panarin, $5,000 for unsportsmanlike conduct for throwing his glove at Marchand while they were on the bench, both on the bench, um, which looking into Twitter and how they felt, uh, it was brought up that not only, not only did Panarin get paid, oh, he have to pay a fine for something like that Tom Wilson did not get any fine or anything when he straight up Triple H pedigreed his ass Panarin's ass straight onto the goddamn ice along with in that very same game he did have to pay a fine for um, the same fine mind you of $5,000 Maximum under CBA, as they always have to mention, that um, 
punching uh, Pavel Buznevich's head when he was part of the Rangers at the time, uh, punching his head while it was down on the ice still. Uh, piece of shit, Tom Wilson. And, uh, yeah. This league. The hell. They uh, really should uh, figure out. I mean, but then again, this is also the same league that fined the New Jersey Devils $3 million for cap circumvention. But God forbid you have a uh, a big-ass scandal that you've been hiding for 11 years. You know, the Chicago Blackhawks holding that sexual assault freaking thing. And they only have to pay $2 million in a fine for that. So clearly they just are just plucking figures out of their ass and don't actually have like a clear, concise, like, oh, this is worth this, this is worth this, this is worth this. That would but that but then again, that would also mean, you know, you gotta have to have some common sense with that. But, you know, as, you know, working adults in this life, you gotta understand there's honestly not a lot of common sense in the world. So, there you go. But to end on a... I can't really say it's a positive note, but... Um, hey, it's a blues note, so... <laughs> blues note. <laughs> um, blues and Blackhawks game. Speaking of the Blackhawks and Blues. Um, gotta give credit is due. Um, Blackhawks very tenacious uh, in that game against the Blues yesterday. Um... And, I mean, although, as I said in my review, congratulations, Blackhawks, you beat a team that only had 10 forwards instead of 12. Um, and we might have that same situation. Only this time, it may be 10 forwards and 8 defensemen dressed for the Blues. Um, as they hadn't put out the projected lines yet, but um, Alex Ferrario on uh, 101 ESPN on Twitter uh, was mentioning that it could look... Because of the personnel and the fact that um, Dakota Joshua wasn't uh, called up at uh, a time to where he could get to St. Louis, you know, in a timely manner. Um, speculative, at least. Um, the Blues and Blackhawks tonight could have 10 forwards and 8 defensemen as David Perron is still out with the UBI after that piece of shit. Jake McCabe freaking bodied him straight into the goddamn face. Didn't get a penalty. Whatever. Um, and, uh, James Neal getting moved to the injured reserve with an undisclosed injury. Um, also know that, yeah, uh, during practice, I think it was maybe like a week, week and a half ago, he, uh, took a puck straight to the mouth and had to get dental surgery too. So, um, kind of having a rough go, James Neal, but hopefully, uh, he gets healthy and gets back on the ice and can, uh, help support this team to win another cup. Um, but yeah, um... Just hope that the Blues win today um, with the limited amount of uh, players that they have. And as a matter of fact, before we go, let's go and see if they put out the lines for today. Oh, actually, breaking news. Breaking news. Um, for um, While I'm looking that up, uh, Andy Strickland uh, from, ba- from Valley Sports Midwest for the Blues uh, put out that apparently Scott Mellon... De- Scott Mellenby has just resigned as assistant general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, so, there you go. 
Don't know what led to it. I'm sure those uh all that information will come out as time goes on. Um but yeah, as I'm as I'm finding it looks that they still don't have the lineup for the Blues right now, but they do have uh another tweet uh solidifying the notion that they are going to go uh 10 defensemen and oh not that 10 defensemen eight defensemen and 10 forwards as they're still kind of shorthanded um which is not not good in the slightest but yeah i'm gonna cut it off before i go any further because uh yeah it's not showing up these uh these lines but hey you know is what it is. I'll catch you all in the next one. Uh, next, well, it'll be up on Saturday. Uh, I'm probably just going to record it on Fridays and then I have a video version too. But yeah, uh, I'll catch you all in the next one. Uh, thank you very much.